Welcome into the initial episode of the Reviewing the Brew podcast. I'm David Gasper, and I'm joined today by Matthew Dewaskin, my co-expert, and one of our contributors, Paul Bredel. Paul, Matt, welcome to the show. Uh, hey. Thank you, David. Yeah, David, thanks for having me. All right, so this is kind of the big topic, really, in Brewers baseball, for the most part, is Christian Yelich and his case for the MVP which is basically for I mean for me I, I think it's a little bit overwhelming uh, for for Yelich's case just just what he brings to the team and, and just statistically on on offense on defense running the bases just everything that he does uh, Christian Yelich for me is the MVP but as we've okay. seen on Twitter a lot uh, Cubs fans have a slightly major disagreement and Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly putting, major. It, putting it nicely. Yes, yeah, putting it nicely. I, I got a friend of mine who's who's a Cubs fan, really good friend of mine. I, I do a different uh, podcast with him, and uh. yeah, I know it's ridiculous. And he's been telling me this whole time how like Javi Baez is like the clear MVP, like it, it's front runner, runaway, easy open and shut case. Javi Baez is the guy, and I asked him today. I'm like, give me one statistical argument for Javi Baez to be MVP over Christian Yelich. And he couldn't do it. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. he's a better base runner and, and he's better defensively. He's got, he got gold glove caliber defense at three different positions. And I'm just like, show me the stats. And he's like, oh, it's not all about stats. Uh huh, sure, guy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, I mean, Matthew, uh, let's go to you first. So, Christian Yelich, is he your MVP? Yes. Uh, he, he's, he, he's the NL leader, NL leader among position players in war with a 6.1. Uh, and his closest competition isn't Javi Baez. It's Lorenzo Cain with a 5.4. Ooh. So, I, I, you know, he, he's, you know, he's over 30 home runs, 20 stolen bases. He's got, you know, you know the, the other counting stats are right there. Uh, you know, the slash line is right there. He, He's been Mr. Everything for the Brewers, and he's going to be Mr. MVP come November. Paul, what about you? Yeah, he's hands down my MVP. Um, and the big stat of the day, it wasn't uh, Baker Mayfield wasn't rolling into Brown Stadium with a Javi Baez jersey. It was <laughs> Christian oh, yeah. jersey. So, <laughs> But in all seriousness, um, people don't look at it enough, the actual meaning of the MVP, you know, Aaron Rodgers would get every year. LeBron James would get every year. If Yelich was off this team, I don't think we're in the position that we're in. He's played that big of a part of it. Um, you take Baez off the Cubs, they're not the same team either, but I still see them being a playoff contender. Um, and especially if he can end up winning or taking home the best batting average in the NL for the year with everything else that he contributes, I don't see how you don't give it to him. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And actually, fun fact about uh, Baker Mayfield uh, rolling into the game today with Christian Yelich jersey. Uh, he's playing tonight. Tyrod Taylor left the game with an injury, so Baker Mayfield's actually playing. So <laughs> Power Christian Yelich again. Exactly. That, that's, I mean, that's an injury. <laughs> I, 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 David, I don't know if you saw the game, but that's an injury in quotation marks. Oh. Is it, the injury's in quotation marks? I... Let's, let's just say, like you know, the, the entire first half, they were talking about how awful Tyrod had been, and then he he just kind of disappeared, and we kind of haven't seen him since. Oh yeah, so, so it's one of the it's, it's kind of like a Matt Albers injury. You just put him on the DL because he's been terrible, just to try and figure there it you out. Go. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, yeah. Back in the day, it was a Chen Ming Wong. Whenever, whenever he would, you know, have an <laughs> ERA, that's throwing it back. The ERA over eighty. Yeah, they would. Uh, yeah, the Yankees would give him the full body scan and then find the reason to DL him. Yeah. But if you go and if you go down every, you know, major statistical category, Kielich hasn't beaten just about all that. You know, Javi's got a little bit of a lead in RBIs, but a lot of that can be attributed to just the, I think the Cubs' batting order, top to bottom, versus yeah, what's, it's, it's, yeah, it's more of a function of lineup than it is production. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I I know Matthew, you're not really a big fan of uh, the RBI stat being used as a MVP, you know, factor. And you're also not no. a big fan of batting average either. I, I know that for sure. No, I'm not. <laughs> there, honestly, there's a probably like you know in in terms of measure, you know, in terms of measuring offensive production, you know, what do they really measure? You know, batting average it measures how many times you you 
you hit you hit a ball in the field of play that isn't caught. It, it doesn't really matter how how, how much you've produced. Uh, RBIs. What does it really measure? It measures how many times you got a hit when somebody was on base. It, yeah. It, it doesn't really it doesn't really tell me how how productive a batter has been, honestly. So, but even even though big, even though you're not a big fan of the batting average stat, does winning the batting title, does having the best batting average in the National League do something for you? Like, does it does that help his case and just push him that much further, or, or just make him more valuable <sighs> to you? I honestly, I, I think it's it's a line on a resume. It doesn't really impress me. It doesn't really make his case. If he was honestly, if he was batting 280 with the same numbers, he's probably still the MVP. Wow. What are the what are the stats that you look at when making that decision? I'm sorry. What are the stats that you look at when um, it can you know? Um, honestly, one I, the ones that's... for me personally, I, I like to look at you know. Uh, wars is probably my favorite. Woba mm-hmm. is the offensive co- component of war, so that I take into consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of defense, um, you know, you, you take a look at range factor. You t- actually, I still like to look at assists. You know, for mm-hmm. for you old school guys, just because it, that actually tells me, you know, he's got, you know, he's able to throw throw guys out on base. That's impressive, right? Um, you know, and I, I do look at some of the other, you know, advanced defensive metrics to tell me how good of a defender a guy is. Um, yeah, that's 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 pretty much where 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 I like to look and when I'm evaluating player performance. Yeah, and I mean, you guys, you guys are talking about, you know, going down the list of stats. Christian Yelich hasn't beaten pretty much every category. I actually have a list right here. Uh, shockingly, believe it or not, <laughs> you get prepared. Oh yeah, I mean always. And this was prepared for my argument with my friend who's a Cubs fan, and he just didn't show up yesterday. But you know, whatever. All right. So, <laughs> if you look at all these categories in terms of total hits, Christian Yelich, runs scored, Christian Yelich. If you look at home runs, RBIs, that goes to Baez. Stolen bases goes to Baez, but he's only gotten beat by one. You know, twenty-one stolen bases of twenty. That's not really going to be a, a big difference to sway anyone and neither is 33 home runs to 31 you know just winning by two like that's not going to push anyone over the edge but you look at walks christian yelich less strikeouts for yelich batting average on base percentage slugging is pretty even kind of goes back and forth but ops goes more to yelich because javi Baez's on base percentage is so low i mean 329 that's ridiculous and then you look at some of those more advanced stats, WOBA, you know, the weighted on base average, Christian Yelich hasn't beat easily, WRC+, plus, those, the weighted runs created, 153 to 135. And then base running. I, I found this stat interesting on, on Fangrass. They, they have the base running runs above average, and every, everyone claims about how Javi Baez is such a great base runner. You know, he's the best base runner in the league, whatever. <laughs> he's only at 3.8 base running runs above average, and Christian Yelich is at 5.3. So, uh, we kind of had this conversation the other day. Javi Baez is aggressive. And oh, yeah. It, and when you're aggressive and it works out, you look like you're a great base runner. If it happens the other way, then yeah, you know, you, then you look like an idiot. You don't look as good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I'd also like to add, you know, there, there is the, the slight difference in stolen bases, but there's also a big difference in caught stealing. Yeah. Uh, on the season, Yelch has only been caught four times. Last year, he was only caught twice. Uh, this year, Baez has been caught nine times. Yeah, so and he's also been picked off another three times. I, oh, I saw really? that stat. Yeah, he's been picked off three times as well, and he was thrown out on the bases, I believe, a total of seven times when I looked on baseball reference. So Oof. he's been thrown out a lot more on the bases. And some of the other stats, war, um, according to Fangrass, it had Christian Yelich at a higher war, 6.0 to 5.3. And then uh, weight. This was an interesting stat. Weighted stolen bases. Um, Christian Yelch was at two point zero, and Baez was at zero point three. So, so Baez's stolen bases don't wow. really even matter as much. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you just run down all those stats. They're all in favor of Christian Yelch, with the except with the exception of home runs and RBIs and stolen bases. But that's only by one stolen base. Like, and I don't, I don't see how. He can, how any real Cubs fans can actually try to come up with a statistical argument to have <laughs> Baez win the MVP over Yelich. Don't challenge them. You can't. They can't. There, there is no <laughs> argument. Yeah, I mean it's, and, and I, I've heard a couple other arguments, and this is from like a lot of the mentions in in the RTB Twitter, where just Cubs fans just keep on coming in because for some reason they like to. 
and they're they're talking about how well all like Christian Yelich he's only been doing this you know for a monster second half and, and buys has been doing it all season that's way more valuable. I, I think the oh, I think the second half having that much success weighs a lot more on the MVP voters' minds, don't you think? Well, honestly, you know, Yelich he's been red hot in the second half, but he had a solid first half of the season as well. I mean, he he was like a he was like a borderline all star, was he not? He was an all star. I mean, yeah, he yeah. made the all star team. <laughs> so, but yeah, like I looked up some of those numbers. They have this. I know you hate this stat, Matthew, but they had, they had the same batting average in the, in the first half. They both hit two ninety two in the first <sighs> half. And Yelch did have and a better. What I was just going to say, Yelch had a better on base percentage. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, coming alive is and as hot as Yelch has been in the second half does make a difference. Um, you know, winning a game in May versus winning a game in September, does it count the same? It does. But in the grand scheme of things, when you're in the playoff hunt, that win down the stretch in September, just like having your guy come alive and playing as well as he is towards the end of the year, to me, that weighs more than just the, you know, maybe the consistency that they're saying Baez has had. But even that's minimal. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's definitely a, a great point. And just for – like, they act like Christian Yelich – did nothing in the first half. Like he hit 250 in the first half with with basically nothing. <laughs> right. But I mean, he's been doing this basically all season, and he's just turned it on to the next level in the second half. But my, my question to you guys: Does he does Yelich have to kind of win the division just to have a chance to to win the MVP? Because that's really going to kind of put put you that final step ahead. I think if the Brewers could win the division that Yelich would be the automatic guaranteed MVP at the end of the season. Although with two and a half games back with nine to go, that's kind of a – it's not much room for error. But do, do you think Yelich has to win the – do you think the Brewers have to win the division for Yelich to, have a, to be able to win the MVP? No, I think the statistical argument is, is, is strong enough for it, honestly. And I would agree as well. Um, and it's not like the Brewers are scraping by, you know, going to miss the playoffs or just barely make the wild card. They, they got the mm. second best record in the NL right now, right behind the Cubs, um, yeah. just by a matter of games. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, it's not like they're, they're sneaking into the wild card. They're right. They, you know, yeah. This is, this is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're what three games up right now on the Cardinals for that first wild yep. card spot. And they're like four and a half up on the Rockies, I believe, because the Rockies yep. lost yesterday. Yeah, they that was swept. that was a wild game against the Dodgers <laughs> with that Yasiel Puig home run. Oof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watched that at all, but yeah. Also on that game, um, I tweeted about this too. Jessica Mendoza, one of the color analysts for that game, she was saying my MVP pick is is Christian Yelich, and I mean the other analyst, which was David Ross, he picked Javi Baez. But that's just because he was with the Cubs and he went with the homer pick. But oh yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things that hurts Brewers players in these kind of um, you know national conversations is the market that we're in. Um, mm-hmm. You know they've been one of the top teams in the NL all year. Uh, you know, as we say, Aguilar had to get voted into the All Star game. That's ridiculous. He should have been on easily. Um, Yelich has to you know bat four hundred for you know half a month. He has to hit two cycles, and then now he's in the conversation. Um, that's one thing that just kind of bugs me is the just you know being the smaller market versus the Cubs, um, just not getting that recognition even though the players are playing really well. And, and I think a big thing with that too is, I mean Javi Baez, he's flashy. You know he he's going to have Very the much. swim moves, the swipe tags, and and the bat flips, and you know he's he's great for for you know marketing materials and gifts and all those things that MLB likes to promote on, on social media. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Christian Yelich, he's kind of more your regular humble guy. Keep your head down. Don't show anyone up. Yep. He, he's not flashy. He, he's just kind of your regular, just th- this is this is business. He can hit for the cycle, and he he barely celebrates. I'm sure he shows a smile, tips his cap or whatever, but, right. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, he could have bat-flipped so many home runs by now, but he, he doesn't because that's just <laughs> not who he is. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah, Christian Yelich is just what he what he's done is um, I need to get myself a Christian Yelich jersey. I don't, I don't know if you guys have one yet already, but <laughs> I don't yet. 
I, I, I'm, I'm, far, I'm far too old to buy jerseys anymore. <laughs> I, I got myself a, uh, a Carlos Correa jersey last year after the World Series because I just love the way that guy played. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I need to get myself a yellow jersey. Maybe I should put that on like my Christmas list or something. There you <laughs> Ask go. for it. Maybe, maybe Santa will give it to me. That would, that would be <laughs> sweet. Give me an authentic <laughs> autographed Christian Yelich jersey. Also, did you see that Hopefully video? Did you see that video after Yelich hit for the cycle again of, of him meeting that kid who caught the home run ball? Yeah, I did see that. Oh, that, was, that was fantastic. That was very cool. Yeah. Hey, did you have a good <laughs> what night? Say, like, do, yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, he's, I mean, th- that's the kind of thing MLB needs to promote. You know, be, the, the interactions with, with the young fans and just trying to get their mm-hmm. star players out there. And Christian Yelich is a star, and I think he's on the verge of becoming a superstar with, with how he's mm-hmm. playing. And those are the kind of things that baseball needs to promote more to, to market its stars and to help grow the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. All right. Let's move on. Okay, so the Brewers, they're, they're two and a half games back of the Cubs with, with nine games left to play. They're running out of time, obviously, and the, those two losses against the Pirates and the loss against the Reds did not help. But it's looking increasingly likely that the Brewers are going to be playing in the wild card game. They have a pretty good chance of hosting it. Um, Paul, uh, you wrote an article about this a couple days ago about the Brewers' potential wild card opponents. Well, can you run us through some of those a little bit right here? Yeah, so at the time, I include before the Dodgers Rockies series, I had the Dodgers in there, and of the three teams, that was the that's the last one I'd want to see the Brewers facing. Um, big reason just because of the Kershaw factor. Um, but as it looks now, I believe they're going to end up winning the West, and then it comes down to the Cardinals and the Rockies. Um, Brewers and Rockies match up well, similar style teams. Brewers have won five of seven versus them this year, um, and then there's the Cardinals. I have, you know, positive of playing the Cardinals is a familiarity factor. Negative of playing the Cardinals is the familiar, familiarity factor. They know us as well. They're not going to be intimidated uh, coming into Miller Park. They know our lineup up and down just as we do with them. Honestly, between the two, to me, it's a, it's a coin flip as far as who we'd rather see. I guess if I had to choose, I would choose the Rockies just because of the success that we've had against them. And we're averaging almost six runs per game offensively against them this season. Yeah, I'd definitely rather have the Rockies, too. And I don't want to face the Cardinals because of two reasons. 1982 and 2011. <laughs> every time, every time the Brewers face off against the Cardinals in the postseason, the Cardinals end up, end up coming out on top. And I hate, hate the Cardinals. You know, I mean, I hate the Cubs, too. I also hate the Cardinals. I mean, it's, it's almost a dead heat, but right now Cubs fans have kind of pushed – themselves into that top territory right now but oh goodness yes <laughs> yeah so oh we also got a uh a question on twitter uh during the Ooh. yeah when um we asked for questions for for many of our readers and we had one come in it was from marcel who's more annoying cubs fans or cardinals fans that's <laughs> i i i was at Wow. I was at the Memorial Day, or sorry, Labor Day game when it was honestly probably 80% Cubs fans. Oh, there, yeah. And hit that walk off on them. Yeah. And that was one of the, it was so fun to be there for that. And first off, most Cubs fans, I think every sort of fly ball is a home run. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, I, I've been going to ball games for a, a, a long time, and that's still true. That was as as true as it, it was true when I was a kid. It's true today. And it's amazing to me. There was one that was hit, and Lorenzo Kane barely moved from his spot. And there was a lot of Cubs around us, and I swear, just about every of them stood. Every one of them stood up on contact, and Lorenzo Kane never moved. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of them know that they're just being obnoxious, and they know they're not home runs, but they know it gets under everyone's skin, so they just continue to yeah. do it. You know, that's, that's giving them far too much credit. No, I don't believe. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Cardinals fans kind of have their own kind of thing. They they've been they've been a bit quieter because the Cardinals haven't been as good the past couple years. Um, but I, I remember one time I was at a game in Bush Stadium, and it was it was I think it might have been 2014. So that was that was 
not a great time, but it was like August, so we were the Brewers were still kind of on top, and they're facing the Cardinals, and like we were sitting up there, and you know Jonathan Lucroy comes up, so, you know I'm doing the whole Lou, you know that whole thing, <laughs> and this one lady, this Cardinals fan in our row, she's like, "Why are you guys booing your own player?" I'm like, uh, "No, the, it's just you know Lou, like like that's kind of his thing that we do." And she's like, "Oh well, you should enunciate that better." I'm like. Mustakas must be confusing her right now too. Oh my god! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but it's like, how do you enunciate? Like the whole point is the ooh sound, you know? Like, like that's the whole point of it. You're not gonna go Luke, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, Cardinals fans have their place, and former contributor Trevor. I mean, I'm sure he would have a lot of thoughts on this, but yeah, right now I got I got to go with Cubs fans. This is this is Trevor, who was claiming to be a Brewers fan as recently as April. Oh yeah, the, then he left us. He's he switched, but but then I came back. Yeah. So he did, and, I, and, and we're glad for that. Yeah, I'm glad for that too. All right, so All right. Move, moving basically to the wild card discussion. The, the Brewers are. It's not quite guaranteed that they're going to be playing in the wild card, but it's it's probably their best chance. And the magic number as of Thursday night is at six. So six magic number of six to clinch that wild card spot. We're hoping for the Rockies. We'd rather not face the Cardinals. Dodgers are probably going to win the West. The Phillies have fallen off. Yeah. The Diamondbacks have fallen off. So we're hoping, hoping for the Rockies. And in that game, the Brewers would likely match up against Kyle Freeland. Who's a left-handed pitcher, mm-hmm. so that means that you might see uh, Shaw or Mustakis uh, taking a seat during those games, which, which could be critical. For yeah. sure, absolutely. And even for Freeland playing, you know, a lot of his games in Coors Field, he's only given up 17 home runs this year, um, and I know that's how a lot of our offense is generated. So we would have to, you know. Manufacture runs, walks, singles, all that kind of stuff too. Which they've actually been doing a lot more of lately. Very true. Actually, he, he, Freeland is weird. He's one of those guys. He, he's one of those Rockies pitchers who's actually better in cores than he's away from cores. That oh, is weird. Interesting. He's got yeah two, two three six ERA in Coors Field, three four five ERA away. Um, I've, you know he's given up a, a few more homers in Coors Field than away from Coors Field. Um, but he also he also really struggles against righties, so that could be something the, the Brewers should look to exploit in that matchup. So mm-hmm. that means we're going to see Jonathan Scope in that lineup. Oh man, For I can't sure. wait. <laughs> and also, he's actually been pitching a bit over his skis. Um, two nine five actual ERA with a four two one xFIP tells me that he's not quite as good as the numbers indicate. Also, he he tends to give up walks, and he he, and he isn't you know get nearly as get nearly enough strikeouts to really pitch over it. So Freeland, I that that's that's when I'd be kind of you know, I'd be kind of excited about it, you know if I were a Brewers fan and I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's definitely going to be an interesting one to watch. And for the Brewers, um, for who starts that game, and that that's kind it's kind of up for a little debate. I mean, Yulis Chassin has been the Brewers' most consistent starter, but Wade Miley. He's also been fairly good for for his uh, amount of starts this year. Well, actually, actually, David, that kind of that kind of brings me to, to to my hot take for today. Oh, oh, okay. We're we're gonna get to hot take corner in a little bit because hot take corner. I, I I'm excited for that segment because I've got <laughs> I've got a hot take as well. But yeah, so that's going to be a good one for sure. Um. But who do you think it's going to be? Do you think it's going to be Chasin or do you think it's going to be Miley? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saving it for my hot take. I'm not all, right, all right, Paul, what do you think? <laughs> um, a month ago, to me, it was clearly Chasin. Miley's pitched really well, though. Um, but I would still go with Chasin just for the consistency all year. He's got 32 starts. Um, even in his poor ones, he's still been solid. So I would give him the go, but regardless of who it is, they're going to be on a very short leash. Short leash, um, whether it's a pitch count, you know, maybe fifty pitches or three, four innings tops. Um, 
But if it was up to me, I would like to see Chassin on the mound. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Chassin too. And Craig Council, I mean, he's shown he, he's going to go with a short leash here, kind of towards the end of the season, just rely on that bullpen. And it's worked out for the most part. And, I mean, even even when Gio Gonzalez went six innings, it was such a shock to see, like, is that our starting mm-hmm. pitcher out there in the sixth? I mean, people talk about complete games having gone away. It's like we're barely having guys eligible for a win, eligible for getting like going five innings. Like, we're barely even getting that. And if keeping the guys on a short leash, we have a lot of good guys in the pen that we could rely on, too. I mean, Corbin Burns, I assume Zach, Z- Zach Davies is going to go there. Um, Junior Guerra had a good start out of the pen recently. So we have a lot of guys that can fill in that gap before we get to, um, you know, Soria Hater and Jeffress. Yeah, can't forget about uh, Freddie either. Big old Freddie Peralta. Freddie as well. Yeah. Xavier Cedeno. A lot of options. Yeah. And then um, some of the guys, like, you look at guys like Dan Jennings and Matt Albers. Matt Albers, I don't think we've seen in a couple <laughs> weeks. And I am not okay com- I am not complaining <laughs> yeah, not at all. Complain. No, no, no. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, when, when it comes to that postseason roster, for Freddie Peralta, who's been so good basically all season long up in the big leagues, do you think they actually put him on the postseason roster? Do, do they carry him through that? Honest, I would say – I would if I'm making a guess, and, again, this is just a guess, I'd say no. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to agree with that as well. Um they were already worried about his inning limit. Not that, you know, going to the postseason is going to add a ton more, but his biggest issue was his first inning. So I would be nervous. You know, he comes on in the fourth or fifth, you know, his first inning of the game, what might happen and if that trend would continue for him. Yeah. And another big issue for him is walks. And as anyone who's pitched before knows, or even who knows a little bit about baseball, it's that, <laughs> it's that walks kill you. And he's, you can't afford to be walking people, especially in the postseason. So, so, uh, so oh, go ahead. David, just quick, quick, quick question. Would, would you rather give up a walk or a homer? Ooh, man. Oh, that is a good question. That is tough. <laughs> um, I'd still prefer to give up a walk so it's not a guaranteed run. And, gotcha. and, and a homer, like, that's, that's a guaranteed at least one run on the board. And a walk... It's, you know, like you can get around it. You, you can prevent that guy from scoring, but a home run, it's a little too late for that. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So the, if the Brewers make the wild card game, they are going to, if they win, move on to the NLDS, which would likely be against the Cubs. And they played mm-hmm. them well. It would be against the Cubs, yeah. Yeah. And they, they played them well. So... There, there's a possibility that the Brewers could make a deep playoff run. Uh, Paul, I, w- I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think the Brewers a- actually have it in them to go on a deep run this year? Because the National League is kind of wide open. Yeah, um, I do. I do think that they have the – they definitely have the bats. Um, just got to – you know, sometimes they seem to be really hot or really cold, as we kind of saw with the Reds and Pirates series here. Um, and like I was talking about with the bullpen, if our pitcher can just get through, you know, three innings, four, if they get there, I feel very confident. And like I said, Burns, Davies, all those guys, you know, Hader, uh, Jeffress on the back end and coupled with the bats that we have. And we've had success against the Cubs winning seven of the last 10 against them. So if we do meet them in the NLDS, I wouldn't be surprised at all or if we did beat them and get to the championship series. Matt, what do you think? Are you, sorry, are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking to you. What, what do you think? Sorry, your uh, your mic cut out like in the middle. Of, I heard think. I'm like, oh god, he's gonna be talking to me. Um, <laughs> what do I think as far as the matchup with the Cubs? Yeah, can they can the Brewers make a deep playoff run? Do, do they have the ability to do so? I don't see why not. Honestly, the um. You know, we we've seen the past few years that you know, the the start. Well, it's oh, it's, it's nice to have a, a great starting staff. The bullpen seems to matter a lot more, and mm-hmm. they've got that, bull, that that bullpen that they can just they can just you know that they can just ride for a full series. So I, I wouldn't see you know if if they assume, again assuming they make it to the wild card, fingers crossed. I 
they're they're a great matchup for the Cubs, and you know, and from there, you know, you get to the NLCS, you know, who knows what happens there. So I, I really don't see why they can't make a deep run. I really don't. Yeah. And with the oh no, go ahead, Paul. I was going to say, and with the extra off days and the limited innings that the, all the pitchers are going to be on, uh, well, everyone's going to be for the most part, everyone's going to be available for most games. Yeah, and, and I think an especially big deal for going on deep playoff run is getting hot at the right time. And with the exception of that Pirate series, and hopefully they can get some winning ways going against the Pirates in this next series this weekend, um, if, you're, if you're hot at the right time, and the Brewers won like seven straight series, you know, coming into late August uh-huh. and into September here, like if you're hot at the right time, you can make it all the way to the World Series. Like if you just catch fire in late September and October, you can get that momentum going, and it's going to be hard to stop. So I think they could. The rotation still worries me. I mean, they're depending on Yolise Chassin and Wade Miley. I mean, those are guys who really have not ever been dependable uh, postseason starters or even dependable starters in the regular season. So that's that's where it worries me a little. And going only four or five innings, even though they're built-in off days, that bullpen's going to end up wearing out. And I think we've seen it over the past couple World Series that that dependence on the bullpen once you get late into October, they those guys start to wear out a little bit. Very true. And in facing the Cubs and the NLDS, I feel like there's a lot of Brewer fans out there that have, um, you know, feel like we are the little brother to them. But going back to that last series after we beat the Cubs in Chicago, Baez, when he came out and said that we don't want to face them, in the playoffs, I think that says a lot. It was you know, a low-key comment, but it shows that the Cubs, they think very highly of us. They're scared of us. And like he said, they don't want to face us. If if he thought otherwise, like, oh, it's the Brewers, we don't care, he just wouldn't have said anything. Um, he wouldn't. There's no reason for him to make that up. So I think that a lot of Brewer fans feel maybe like we're inferior to them, but on the field, uh, the Cubs are definitely afraid. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at, I mean, I mean those comments. Like he, he didn't have to say. That. He went. I, I believe Javi Baez, Javi Baez went like three for nineteen in those six games yeah. against the Brewers. So he really didn't have any success, and that that's kind of where it comes in. Where he like he's he's not excited to to face the Brewers. And I like if it comes to an NLDS, Brewers versus Cubs. Obviously, that's that's gonna be the marquee matchup in the MLB postseason. And the bragging rights from that series are astronomical (laughs) because if the the Cubs win that series, we're never (laughs) going to stop hearing it from Cubs fans. They're going to bring it up until the end of time. The Brewers could beat them the next next season in in the postseason in the playoffs. They could beat them that (laughs) next year and win the World Series, but they'll be like, it doesn't matter. We beat what happened to the 2018 NLDS. But if the Brewers win it, Oh, all those bragging rights are just flipping on back. And all the Cubs fans who are talking crap all those years, Brewers fans are just going to pour it on and give them a huge taste of their own medicine. I'm sure we'll all be very respectful if that happens. Uh, I'm sure Twitter is going to be such a respectful place, you won't even believe it. I just hope that uh, we get as many, if that happens, we get as many Brewer fans in Miller Park as possible. Oh yeah, because I know those Cubs fans will be paying premium for those tickets. Yeah, and, and there are going to be some though. They'll, they'll be like, "I can get like four times the face value on this. You just put it up on StubHub or whatever. You can get five hundred to five hundred bucks a ticket or whatever." And it's like, "Yeah, you could, but do you really want to do that to the team? You know, like it's go make a memory." <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, like be there. Like, like the experience of, of being there, I, I feel like is just too much to to pass up. If we get to that point, we'll have to put our money where our mouth is and buy some tickets. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to. I'd have to make a, like a three hour drive back down there, but I would oh, do that's it. True. If those games were on <laughs> the weekend, it'd be so much easier for me. You know, there's a chance that NLCS tickets could be cheaper than NLDS tickets in Miller Park. Oh, that's true. Hundred percent. Yep. 
Yeah, that would. I, I, and and to, to me, that's just insane. Like you know, you 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 would you would think you know that no matter what the matchup is, you think it'd be the opposite. But now with with the with the Cubs Brewers thing, it's you know it, it's you know the NLDS has got to be the premium ticket, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, I would think so, just for the matchup. Yep. Absolutely. So that's going to be definitely one to watch. So with the, I mean, the Brewers, they definitely have a chance to make that NLDS. I mean, it's a one game wild card thing, but for you guys, what defines a, a successful 2018 season for the Brewers? Because I, I feel like you could just go all over the place as to what's kind of, what's a success and, and what ends up being a failure. Okay. Um, honestly, in, in my opinion, the season's already a success. And I'll tell you exactly why. Okay. It, we, we, it, it, this team has proven that last year wasn't, wasn't a fluke, that that was real. Okay. That, you know, being in first place for, you know, whatever it was, 80% of the season, that, that wasn't nonsense. That was, that was actually like, this team's actually that good and they've only gotten better and they've only continued to get better. So, you know, whether they, you know, I would like to see them make the wild card. I'd like to see them win 90 games. That's progress in my mind. But we've already seen that this team is better. I mean, I take that back. We've already seen that last year was real, and this team has gotten better moving forward. So the season's a success in my eyes, honestly. What about you, Paul? I would agree with that. Um, you know, last year we missed the playoffs by one game and had 86 wins, and right now yep. we're nine to go. I think we're sitting at 87 already. Correct. Um, and two big key factors for me are at the end of the 2016 season. If you would have told me in 2017 we missed by one game, 2018 we go to the playoffs. You know, regardless, even if we lose in the wild card game, um, you know, I'd be excited about that. And I know there's a lot of fans out there probably wants to at least get to the NLDS, but if we did lose in the wild card, I'm not going to put all my, you know, my stock in the whole season in one game. Anything can happen in one game. You know, if it's a five game series or even a three game series, um, I might look at it a little differently. Not that it'd be a failure by any means, but just where I would expect us to get to. But in one game, anything can happen. I think the season's been phenomenal. It's been so fun to watch them. Yeah, I'm gonna have What's to. What say you, David? <laughs> I'm going to have to disagree slightly here because, I mean, yeah, it's been a great season so far, but with with everything they put in, getting Yelich, getting Kane, Chassin, and and Moustakis, Scope, all these additions, to go... What? Only one of those guys guys is, is leaving after the season. Yeah, the rest will be there. Yep. But still, okay, can can you let me finish? Matthew. Sorry. I can't. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you get all those guys and to get knocked out in, in the wild card game, I, I feel like losing that wild card game just makes the season so meh. You know, like it doesn't feel like you accomplished anything. It's like, yeah, you made the wild card game, you made a one game playoff, and then just immediately exited stage right. And and, and it doesn't feel like they actually went and accomplished much if they don't get past that if they don't get at least to an NLDS then it, it feels like they didn't really accomplish what they set out to do and and then once you make the NLDS you're, you're facing the Cubs and then if you lose that series it almost feels like a failure because everything was basically pointed at beating the Cubs and that was everything that Brewers fans and, and Brewers management has been trying to do and they weren't and they wouldn't and if they aren't able to do that then it's almost feeling like a failure because then you got the Cubs fans, you know, falling all over you, saying, "Hey, hey, hey you're terrible." But, but yeah, so I mean, it's it's kind of complicated, but I, I don't want to say they need to make the NLCS for it for it to be a successful season, but it almost just kind of feels that way, just with kind of the the way everything's piling up. Because losing in that wild card game, it, it just feels like you you weren't even in the playoffs. Fair enough. I, I can definitely appreciate the sentiment. I, I disagree with it, but I can appreciate it. Yeah, same for me as well. I know it would be a very, it'd be a very quick uh, time in the air quotes playoffs. Uh, but looking at the whole season and just one game, I mean, anything can happen in one game, um, and I'm not willing to hang my hat on just that. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. All right, let's get to the mailbag segment. So we 
put out a request on Twitter for any questions anyone wanted us to discuss on the show. We've actually uh, we wait what we, we put a request on Facebook too. Oh yeah, we put a request on. Be sure to like us on Facebook. I mean, it's it's great <laughs> stuff over there. <laughs> um, I do I do my best, David. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, Carson uh, wanted to know what part of Yelich's game do you believe is the most underrated? Kane two. So, so what part of Yelich's Kane and Yelich's game do you feel is underrated? It's a great question. It really is. I'm a. I can right. start with Kane. I'm going to say his his athleticism. Mm. There are so many deep fly balls where he just. I think it's either a home run or an easy catch because he's just jogging on back there and always seems to pull him in I, a lot just a lot more athletic than i think he gets credit for fair enough okay how about for yelich uh for yelich i would say just his eye at the plate um he generates a lot of walks and then a lot of times just me watching the game if he does swing at a pitch that's way out of the zone I, to me that looks goofy because you're just not used to seeing it happen um just has a really good eye when he's up there uh, for, actually, I, w- I would kind of flip that a little bit. I would say for Kane, it's his it's his eye at the plate that impresses me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he actually has a higher walk rate than than Yelich does, but you, you only ever hear how how awesome Yelich's on, on base percentage stats are. So right. I, I I you know for for me it's 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 Kane it's Kane's eye at the plate, and honestly I'll say Yelich's power. Um, he you know coming into the season he was not really known as a power guy, but here he's sitting on thirty one home runs. Yeah. yeah, 11 more than his career high or something. 10 more. Yeah, something something like that. Yeah. 10 yeah. more, yeah. yeah. Wow. Playing at Miller Park does that to you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah you know, getting, you know, getting out of Miami, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think for me, the un- the most underrated part of Yelich's game is his defense. I mean, he's not he's not rating out this year as a great defender, but, I mean, he's a gold glover in the past, and he like he's, he's making really good catches. He's making good throws. I mean – People really don't value his, his defense as much, but it's actually been pretty good this season. And, yeah, I agree. And, and I think for Kane, I, I, I have to agree with Matt. The underrated part of him is his eye at the plate because he was mostly in the middle of the lineup in Kansas City, and now he's a leadoff hitter in Milwaukee, and he's kind of adjusted more to, to being that on-base guy just, just trying to – you know, get on base and draw more walks just just to be that that table setter. Mm-hmm. Done a great job. All right. Uh, next question in the mailbag. Paige is asking: Should it be Chasin or Miley starting in the wild card game, and how many innings should they go before turning it over to the bullpen, provided they don't have any issues? <laughs> I, again, I, I'm saving it for my hot take. It's yeah. my hot take. It's, I, I'm not ready to... I think it depends. You know, like like how many innings they go. It really just kind of depends on how they look. But I, I we mm-hmm. we addressed it earlier. I think it's gonna be Chasin in that wild card game. Yep, that's what I think too. Yeah. All right. Okay. I, I I'm going to disagree, and, you, and you're going to see why in a minute. <laughs> all right. Um. Let's see, Ryan asked, "What would you consider to be a successful season?" We already uh, hit that, and yeah, we covered that really, yeah, in right. depth. All right, John is asking, "What would be the ideal lineup if we had to play into the playoffs via the wild card game?" So, what's so what's the ideal Not lineup true. in a wild card game? Are are we assuming they're facing Kyle Freeland, or are we assuming they're facing? Let's assume they're facing Kyle Freeland. Okay, that's the easier one, right? Okay, hang on. Let me get my numbers here for you. Yeah, no. Facing Kyle Freeland, he's the lefty, so you, you and, and he has a bit of a weakness against righties. So you definitely want to stack righties in there as much as you possibly can. Uh, so Kane, Kane Yelich, Braun and Aguilar, Braun, Zeus. Yep. Scope is probably going to be in there. Arcia, maybe, maybe Aaron on Perez because mm-hmm. Craig Council loves that guy. I was. I was, just say, yeah. Yeah, I was just about to say Perez against the lefty. Yeah, that makes sense. He's got six homers against lefties and an 800 OPS this year. Well, dang. And then I know a lot of wow. Brewers Twitter like hates on Aaron Perez, but he's actually not bad. I don't at get all. why. Not at all. <laughs> if, if he's your, you know, your your 23rd, 24th guy, you're a playoff team. And guess oh, yeah. what? The Brewers are. He's the 23rd, 24th guy, and the Brewers are a playoff team. So I, I don't see the issue there. Yeah, I mean he has he has the occasional like really bad at bat where he swings at stupid pitches, but 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's a question from a big Nate Orf fan. All his uh, name is Orf, <laughs> and then a goat emoji. So. Oh, oh <laughs> the one. Yeah. No, he's not making the playoff roster. No. <laughs> It's actually it's it's changing topics here a bit. Who would be an ideal okay. off season target? So we're kind of moving already to the off season. Orf is uh, looking for right now. Uh, gun to my head, right now I say I say Patrick Corbin. Me too, absolutely. I love that guy. He's twenty nine years old. He is dominant this season. I mean, he's going to get a big payday, like a very big payday, like north of a hundred oh, yeah. million dollars, maybe even north of one hundred fifty million dollars. I don't know if that's in the Brewers' price range, but I would mm-hmm. love to get that guy. You would I, hope, I, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say you hope that what we've done this year, and uh, you know, Stearns seems a heck of a GM. That you know, hopefully, money isn't everything to every player. Just seeing the. You know, the team that we have, ability to win, all that would be hopefully drawing them in as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I really want that lefty starter at the top of the rotation. Oh, yeah. That, mm-hmm. that, that, would, that would be, you know, you know, one of the missing pieces to, to, to this to this team that would make them go from, you know, playoff contender, you know, I'm sorry, you know, wild card team to a legitimate contender in my eyes. Absolutely. Then we got uh, our, our last part of the mailbag here, Colby weighing in. It's not even really much of a question, but he said, cannot wait for this. <laughs> I've longed for a Brewers podcast that wasn't lame interviews with players in PR. Give me some honest analysis <laughs> and hot takes. Well, we've had the honest analysis, and you want some hot takes. <laughs> we'll give you some hot takes. It is time for the hot take corner, and Matthew David, has been wow. building up this hot take that he has. And All right, <laughs> Matthew, the floor is yours. Give us your hot take. David, it's it's almost like you planned this. How, it's, oh my it's, God! Yeah, it, it's so convenient <laughs> that the mailbag just happened to end on that one guy. Oh yeah, weird <laughs> how how that happens. No, no, my my hot take is everyone probably probably guess relates one hundred percent to the the wild card game and what the Brewers what what kind of strategy the Brewers should employ in regards to their pitching. Um, honestly, it's you you either win or or go home. And I'd rather win. So my hot take is that the Milwaukee Brewers, you know, they don't announce this ahead of the game. Obviously not. But they go into it knowing that it's going to be a, a bullpen game for the majority of the start. Um, my starting pitcher is, is Wade Miley, and I'm going to tell you exactly why. Uh, in the in his first three in the first three, if you if you break down his starts by in, by by inning, uh, he actually. Does does the best in the first three out of all the Brewers starters. So when it, when it comes to innings one through three, mm. he's got by far the lowest CRA in the, among the Milwaukee Brewers starters. So I want him for those first three innings. Then I'm handing it over to the bullpen. I'd like Burns going two. I want Hader going two. I want Knievel in there for one, and I want Jefferson there for one. And I think I need one more. I so I so I, so I toss the lefty in there. I go with Cedeno in there for one as well. Use the you know you know the bullpen is really what's gotten the Brewers to this point. I think it's what's going to take them through the wild card game. Wow, big hot take! Wanting Wade Miley <laughs> to start that wild card game. Uh, Paul, what do you got in the hot take corner? Okay, so a lot of fans have been upset with Craig Council's usage of Josh Hader this season. I think a lot of that can be looked at Corey Knable's 2018 season that he's having. Last year, Corey Knable was the stud closer in our bullpen, ended up finishing the season with 76 innings, pitched, pitched a fair amount. Um, right now, Hader, had his, uh, his heavy usage early on, is already at 75.2. Mm-hmm. So he's going to eclipse it with the playoff games, but they've done a good job of toning that down. So I think that a big reason for um, reducing Hader's innings and having him come in only in crucial situations when we are winning is because they do not want to wear him out and are afraid that he may take a step back next season as Corey Knapel did. All right. All right, so now it's time for my hot take, and it's kind of in direct uh, contradiction of Matthew's hot take. Um, Oh. (laughs) I am not a big fan of Wade Miley, believe it or not, because this success is not sustainable. I think I've written about this before, like back in like early August. Like, is Wade Miley actually this good? Because his success is just 
really unexpected considering what he's done in his career. And it's not going to last. Eventually, Wade Miley's going to blow up. He's got 2.08 ERA right now, but his, he's got a FIP of 3.58, so he's way luckier than what his ERA should in, than what his ERA indicates. And he's got an exit of 4.22, which is kind of more in line of his like career ERA. That's where he should be. He he should be around a, a three, you know, three five to to four two. Like he should be somewhere back around there. And I I just I can't expect Wade Miley to continue this success that much further. I mean, Derek Johnson he's changed some things, but if people want to re-sign Wade Miley and bring him back next season and hope that and believe that he can repeat these results. Wade Miley cannot repeat these results. He, he's got a ridiculously career-low home run fly ball ratio. He's just, all these stats indicate he's not actually this good, and he, eventually he's going to regress, and he's going to regress hard. So I'm not a big believer in, in Wade Miley to keep this up much longer. That's my hot take. I'm on board with it. I like it. I've I've already convinced Paul to my side. Perfect. <laughs> he's gonna get a he's gonna get a nice contract next year. I just hope it's not in Milwaukee. Someone's gonna pay him. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, he's rebuilt his value, so now he's gonna hit the free agent market, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, this guy's actually like you know a serviceable starting pitcher. Let's pay him ten million dollars a season." And th- like that's actually the price range for like a serviceable starting pitcher, like ten million dollars a year. I'm not paying ten million dollars a year for Wade Miley. Not a chance. Okay. Do, do, do you want me to offer a rebuttal, or, or do you just want to keep it as a hot take? <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to keep it as a hot take. I mean, we can okay. We can discuss it more when either it comes to the playoffs and he makes some starts, and or if we get to the off season and, and the Brewers kind of decide what they're doing with Miley. But I mean, I I'd love for Miley to continue having success for the rest of the season, but. When it gets to next year, it's not going to be going like this for him. So I am not a big believer on the keep Wade Miley around here train. Okay. All right. Well, that is all we have for this week's podcast. I hope you liked it. This was our first go around of the Reviewing the Brew podcast. We will be recording every Thursday night going forward. So hope you like it. Stick around and subscribe. Be sure to check out reviewingthebrew.com check out all of our content Paul, Matthew and I and amongst our other cast of contributors will be writing daily bringing you updates on the Milwaukee Brewers so thank you guys for joining in this week and we'll be back again next week at the same time see you then